No. Okay, wonderful. We're getting started. Um, anyone else having allergies like I am? Michelle, anyone no. having allergies? No, because you didn't go out and weed the yard. No, I didn't. <laughs> she was saying the other day, I don't do that because I get allergies, and I'm like, I don't know anything about that. That's why I all close up. And I don't want hives. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But welcome, welcome. That's quick prayer. Lord, we ask you to please protect those of us who are here, especially Zoe. Um, <laughs> protect those who are not with us, that we, they would be reunited with us safely. I pray in advance for Tuesday night that your spirit would be um, ready to dwell with us and celebrate with us as we honor um, your Passover as a community. I pray that you would be in each of our homes on Monday night for those celebrating um, Passover with family. I pray that you would um, just be present and make yourself known for you are in the Passover. It is your, um, it is your special Seder. In Yeshua's name, amen. Okay, so we're going to do Leviticus 18 today. Um, all super fun. They all, they missed all the sex stuff. They didn't show up today, and now we're going to talk about all the sex restrictions. Um, what? What? There's restrictions? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not fair. You know, to and, and, and as we read them, you know, I think we'll all be going, uh, I agree. duh. But, <laughs> but the They're thing to keep in mind is as we get to the Israelites grumbling, um, it was believed when that, that the reference, when it says that they sat at the entrance to their tents and grumbled, that that was referencing that their grumbling was about the, the home life. And when they're talking about this food, quote-unquote food, the free food that we used to get back in Egypt, and we don't have, we miss our free food, uh, what the rabbis believe is that they were missing the lack of morality and the lack of restrictions on how they were allowed to express themselves sexually in, in the appetite of the, the flesh as opposed to the appetite of the taste buds. Um, and, and these are the things that they were upset that they were not allowed to do anymore. So, so keep that in mind as we, as we read. Um, Leviticus 18.1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. Okay, so there, there is a point where being culturally relevant needs to not be becoming culturally relative. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you're not supposed to, you know, you need to leave behind, this is the whole in the world, not of it idea. Yeah. You shall follow my, oh, you shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. And now we get to the quote-unquote food that was too expensive for some of them. None of you shall approach any of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. <laughs> yes, yes you are. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father. Which, <laughs> exactly, which is the nakedness of your mother. Okay, and what we're going to see a lot of this, this juxtaposing, um, think in terms of Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 when he's saying not to withhold sexual relations from, from each other in marriage because the, your body belongs to your wife and your, your body belongs to your husband. Oh. So if you uncover the nakedness of your father, you have uncovered the nakedness of your mother because his nakedness is her nakedness. It, it belongs, in other words, you've taken what was hers. It belongs to your mom. It belongs to your mom. Yeah, to your mamas. Don't touch your dad. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. Still, ooh. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. You're going to be going, he had to say this? But yes, yes, apparently he did. Um, uh, uh, Should I underline things? Cursory glance. <laughs> I need to remember that. A cursory <laughs> glance of the lifetime lineup should tell you that many of these really should be said again. Um, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. So even if it's not your mother, even if it's, if it's a new wife, um, she's off limits. Okay? She's not for you. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister. 
your father's daughter or your mother's daughter. Still a sister. Either yes. way. Whether brought up in the family or in another home. See, that one gets broken. Yes. It yeah. does. It does. Um, interestingly, with the, the prevalence of adoption, which, which I think is wonderful, but one of the challenges that, that um, especially when in blind adoption, is, um, and, and a lot of this I've read in relationship to twins, which is really fascinating, when people meet someone else that, that there is a, a draw to, like when they meet another family member, there's just this, it's like a, a, a gut level bonding that takes place. And so what, what has happened, and I, there was the one couple that was on Oprah and yeah, they were very everybody, open. yeah. Open. Um, but they met, they had no idea they were brother and sister. They fell in love and got married and later found out. Mm. And uh, you know this this happens because they they don't know. But what God's saying here is that that's that's just not okay. You know, um, this is one of the things that I've heard proponents of open adoption saying. You know, you 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 know who your family is. You aren't you aren't surprised <laughs> later on to find out. Oh, you're my brother. Um, and that would be a hard situation because before it was okay. They didn't know any better. Now right. that they do. Oh, this is awkward. Right. And but they had and, fallen in love. And the know? depth of the Weird. the depth of the connection yeah. is stronger because there is that like yeah. like unto like, you know, there's that knowing. Um, but that was not that's not God's design. So you uh, verse 10, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter. So no their, grandkids too. Huh? For their nakedness is your own nakedness. In other words, Shame on you. No. Okay, don't even keep it out there. of the family. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter brought up in your father's family since she is your sister. So no step-siblings. So no yeah. step-siblings. Again, just keep it out of the family. Exactly. Yeah, it's not right. so hard well, to figure out. Go, well, well but, they were married for two years right, but if you just little, and that doesn't count. If you just say, right, anyway. at the point you say, keep it out of the family, then everybody goes... What if it's my father's new wife's daughter and we're not blood related? Still yeah. family. And God says, yeah, no. still family. Yeah. yeah, a lot of, it's actually pretty common that yes. ex-step siblings. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah, my dad's second mayor, my dad's second wife, he had a daughter. and We were like six years apart and so it didn't matter because I was like seven and she was like one. And Yeah. Now she's all grown up and she's cute. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister. For she is your mother's relative. No aunts. Got it. Yes. Still, again, family. Just keep it out you of the You shall family. not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. Uncle. And, and he clarifies, that is you shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. Yep. Okay. So the nakedness of your father's brother is... Not, it's not saying that's okay. It's because you know, it's saying, but it's saying, you know, you're related by blood, uncle. His wife still not okay. Yeah, I'm noticing a lot of these are directed towards men. <laughs> Generally, yes. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. <laughs> You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter. Oh, that's just a whole other bummer. Yes. People do that. <laughs> and you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is depravity. Oh, God. You are depraved if you do this. This is evidence of being depraved. So if you see someone doing these things, bragging about these things, talking about these things, you can go, that's depravity. That's not judgment. That's fact. Because yeah. God says these things are depraved. You shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. So the whole sister wives thing? No actual sisters. No actual sisters. Um, but, and, and a lot of times it is. A lot of times it is, is with I, sisters. I know a friend of mine 
tell me that. She said, um, yeah, I'm going to go to my, my brother's uh, wedding. And I go, oh, that's so nice. And she started telling me about it. She was first wife. I did work with them. I said, oh, well, that's unfortunate. She goes, yeah, but you know, his sis her sister's so much better. I went, whoa. <laughs> yeah. What? And God says, <laughs> um. I was like, wait, wait. So his ex-wife. Okay, so the new wife is his ex-wife's sister. She's like. Oh, yeah. that won't get complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's just Chris a little Smith awkward. Just got a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Just well, imagine the Christmas dinner. Wow. Well, and this is this is you know this instruction for those of you who missed the complications of Jacob's life. Yeah. You know, God's saying, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. That 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 was not actually a good idea. A good idea. <laughs> You know, it wasn't his idea. Uh, you know, it was La- it was Layman's idea, and Jacob signed on for it. But God's like, uh, no. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. Yeah. And you there shall. There it is. There okay. it is. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife, and so make yourself unclean with her. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech. Uh, one of the pagan gods, oh. and one of the ways of sacrificing uh, to Molech was to put your children in the fire and give them to Molech. Oh, that's just stupid. Well, at the end of Solomon's life, that's what he was doing. That's it says he even sacrificed his children to the pagan gods of his wives, and, and that's, that's what he was doing. That's mentally insane. And so profaning the name of your God, I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Oh, what? What? Wait, yeah. I was like, what? What does that mean? That, that is telling, telling also, men. Also, if you're a guy, don't lie with another guy guys. as you would with a woman. Is, yeah, it is okay. an abomination. I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> I'm just confused and upset now. <laughs> <laughs> and you shall not lie with any animal. Oh, boy. And so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion. Save the sheep. That's right. Okay, so if I have a sheep, I'm only unclean, but if I have another guy, it's a whole abomination. Yeah. Take your pick. No, well, it's perversion. I think God's No, she did it. It's perversion. I, I'm only unclean. No, I think... <laughs> I'm I pretty sure it's a bigger... Bigger than just I'm not saying that. I'm going down this road. I'm just saying. I really hope not, because <laughs> we would like need to have some talk. <laughs> I know. What if I did? If you really want the shape, you can go live yeah. with that. I'm just thinking. That's right. Go live with I'm just thinking that really, an animal is lesser than another man? <laughs> Ew. <It's> <laughs> I'm like, an animal should even be worse, is what I'm saying. Well, it's... Well, this... It's, well, at least what it's it a human being that, versus an animal. Well, that's what it says. This is... Um, These are the two, basically, these are the two crowning forbidden things. This is what it ends with. And if you were thinking I shouldn't have to say all of these things. (laughs) These two also just don't even go there. Um, Men, keep your hands off other men and animals. (laughs) Well, and one one of the notes. And women, keep your hands off animals. That's right. One of the, the things it notes here is that before... Yeah, but notice how it didn't say, and women shall not lie with women. There is no actual Torah yeah. forbidding that. No, no He's command. Ideas. But, I'm just saying. But it does, it does reference it. It does reference it in other parts of scripture that it, it is spoken of as being unnatural. That, that women abandoned the natural relations with men for unnatural relations. So it, it is not something that, that God outlined with a command, but it is not something he said, go do it. You know, it, it was not like a... <laughs> he didn't encourage it, but he it didn't discourage like he wrote it. all of most of this towards men, so maybe... Yes, this is definitely speaking in the yeah. Yeah. yeah, men have way more ideas than women do. Women well, are like, I don't know if I'm going to go there. Yeah, because yeah, it's like how it says, "You shall not lie with the male as with women." It didn't say men don't lie with the male. You no. should. Well, as in, yeah, you he's are men. Yeah, he's talking to the men. men. By the way, you guys, you people, exactly. Men. So stop so looking at each other. It is definitely talking in like to stop a male. Stop looking to stop looking at each other. 
and don't even look at the animals when you turn away from each other. Come on, that's, you know. And and so one of the one of the things that that there has been a lot of study on in the in the topic of homosexuality is um, apparently there is a a large segment within the homosexual population that does not engage in what you would typically expect as, as you know, sodomy, as, as homosexual sex. Um, mm -hmm. There are uh, different, you know, different health issues and complicated issues uh, that can arise from it, and, and apparently a lot of a, a lot of just couples abstain from that act. You know, they express themselves in other ways. Um, you know, rabbinic, a lot of rabbinic literature, a lot of rabbinic uh, um, things have been published about about ways to, for the people who are, you know, for the homosexual to be able to live a life that is loving and expressive and not isolated and, and lonely and yet still able to fulfill this command. Um, the Church of the Nazarene statement on homosexuality is that it is not, you know, nowhere does it say it is a sin to be gay, that it is not a sin to have that inclination. Um, however, this verse uh, makes it clear that, that, you know, homosexual sex with penetration is a sin. So, so that is, that's the, the Church of the Nazarene's overall, our overarching position on it. Yeah, I mean it's well if you if you look at these things, um, it's not a sin to be heterosexual, but there are very clearly expressions of your heterosexuality that God said no, do not do that. So so it's very different to to read these verses as giving us instruction for how to express our sexuality and how to. Um, interact with with others especially with family but how to how to interact with others without it being a condemnation of your urges or your inclinations or your um, um, or such so very hard to discuss this topic with chips <laughs> not true, so. okay no point sweet yeah so uh, so anyway so it's about it the expression of expression of these things. So uh, verse 24, do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things, for by all these the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. Our world is unclean right Okay, now. exactly. But people say, well, those poor Canaanites who were, who were driven out, why was God so mean to the poor Canaanites? Well, this is... <laughs> You know, this okay, there's level a difference of between God being mean and they were just sick. Well, and that's the thing. He says, and he says, I am driving out before you have become unclean and the land became unclean mm -hmm. so that I punished its iniquity and the land vomited out its inhabitants. Um, later on in the prophets, there, there's a lot of discussion of the reason that the Israelites were removed from the land is because the land cried out to God and said, these things are being done, you know, and the land being Israel, you know, it, the, the land of Israel, God's kingdom said, these things that are not according to your laws are being done in us. How long do we have to suffer? And God said, I'm removing the people doing these things. Um, verse 26, but you shall keep my statutes and my rules and do none of these abominations, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For the people of the land who were, were before you did all of these abominations so that the land became unclean. Okay. Here's the warning. Lest the land vomit you out when you make it unclean as it vomited out the nation that was before you. And that is what happens. So for, yep, they, they, you know, they knew. It was there the whole time. For everyone who does any of these abominations, the persons who do them shall be cut off from among their people. And I did want to look and see if they specifically speak of, um, I'll read. so keep my, I'll, I'll read the little section. So keep my charge never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you and never to make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. 
Um, so they say the concluding verses of the chapter provide an important insight into the nature of the land of Israel. The land's holiness is such that it cannot tolerate the sort of sins described in this chapter, and it was about to vomit out its Canaanite inhabitants because they persisted in these activities. Um, in, in Rashi's parable, the land is like a prince, a young man with a delicate constitution who was given spoiled food. He cannot digest it, and so he vomits it. Similarly, the Holy Land cannot abide sinners in its midst, and as the book of prof the prophets uh, proclaim, when the Jews themselves began to indulge in such behavior, such behavior they too were disgorged. Um, it is illustrated that the Egyptians, despite being as corrupt as the Canaanites, were not spewed out of their land. Though the sins set forth in this chapter apply everywhere in the world, their perpetrators are not expelled from Egypt or any other land. Only the land of Israel expels those who contaminate it. Because the immediate guardianship of the land of Israel is not assigned to the heavenly forces, God uses such intermediaries as the conduits of his providence to other lands. But Israel is God's own province, and as such, it demands a higher standard of behavior. And even that they screwed up. Yes, yes. Um, it says, the sages teach that the holiness of the land of Israel is so great that someone who lives outside of it is regarded as if he had no God in comparison to someone who lives there. For this reason, too, the patriarchs recognized instinctively that the holiness of the land required a higher standard of behavior, so they observed all the commandments in the land of Israel even before the Torah was given. Um, they, they actually bring up Jacob, that he married two sisters in Haran, but as soon as they arrived in the land, Rachel died. So the land wouldn't let him enter with two wives who were sisters. Um, it says, because of her righteousness, she was privileged to die in the land. But because of his righteousness, he, did not, he, he was not going to be able to live with two sisters as once, once they were there. So, um, so, yeah, keep it out of the family. Pretty much, yeah. No guy on guy, no animals, no family. That's right. Not even extended seem like family so that, you, that you think you can justify. It, it <laughs> falls under family. family. It falls under family. It, uh, it Yes, if it falls under family, don't do it. Well, so It doesn't say anything about cousins. Well, no, and cousins were often married. Yeah, um, in fact, Jacob's wives were both were his cousins. cousins. Yeah. Um, cousins was okay. Yeah. Uh, and they found that... that Genetically, it's actually, unless you do some serious hardcore mixing, like the FLDS stuff, yeah, that you're not going to have issues with just first cousins. Well, and but I do think though, I do think that the command against more likely than any other abnormality. But I think that I do think that the command against stepsisters and you know step family raised in your home is is something that that can apply there because. If you're raised around your cousins, if you're raised around family, you know, you, you don't look for your family, you know, you don't look for your mate within your family, you know. So if you're raised around your cousins that you've grown yeah, up with them and they're, they're, they've always different. been there, yeah, it's, it's a little... I've had cousins that I've grown up with and they have cousins where... What? So I hope we're related. We're, <laughs> we're out and about and they're just like, this is your cousin. <laughs> you know that's what I was doing. Mm, okay. Oh, yeah. Don't well, just don't tell me. Yeah. yeah, Rob's got a whole slew of cousins we've never met. Yeah, I don't even know their names. And some of them is you want to meet your uncle so and so and your cousin such and such. Who? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't even okay. know they exist. And we get there, it turns out they live here, and now they're leaving. Oh, oh. oh well, that's nice. Oh. Well, we met them. Oh, now. Oh, we met them as they were leaving. Well, that's like my husband and I when he told me. Like, yeah. we could be related. Let's just stop for a minute. So, like, start, like, going. Like, we literally stopped for a minute, and he was like, well, this, 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 this. And I was like, okay, no, put him in abs up. Okay, we're good. We're good. Yay. <laughs> All righty. Because I was like, I can't do it. Even if, even if I don't know who you are, and it's like a whole different Yeah. In my brain, I'm just like. No, I can't go there. <laughs> but see, and, and, I, and that's normal. And, and that is a healthy, normal response. Um. And and which is why, like I said, as we read through that, a lot of the reaction is, duh. 
and yet needs to be said. So going into Revelation 5. Well, it's like warning labels on bottles. Because somebody's done it. Yes. Yeah. Really? Don't put this plastic bag on your head and cut off the flow no, of oxygen. My favorite one is well, shoot, now what am I going to do? My favorite one is do not have sexual intercourse after the water breaks. What? <laughs> but if the water breaks and labor stops, some people would consider that a way to, to get it speed going. it up that is crazy. because of the prostaglandins. No, but yes, yeah, not very safe. Uh, my favorite no. dad one was caution, coffee hot. Yes. Well, yeah, they did that because of the lawsuit. Yeah. And, but and that's that's they, they always have to do it because something because, happened. Yeah. And, I'm, and in my mind, I'm just like, when I when I heard the whole story behind it, I'm like, really? Really? So I could just waltz in there one day and say, I'm fat because of you guys. Like, <laughs> People have no, tried it. People have that. actually oh, tried it. Yes, they did that. Yeah, there's a big lawsuit. And it's like, no, you're mm -hmm. fat because you ate. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't give you the food for free. Yeah. <laughs> you paid for it. That shows intent. That's right. So going into Revelation five, um, then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. So remember, we're up in in the throne room of God. Um, the one who is seated on the throne is Yeshua, seated there with. The Father. A um, uh, couple of, of things to note here, um, in order to, to understand uh, the, the text for this this section. Um, the right hand of God, again, generally associated with mercy. We've talked about that before, but the reality is, judgment and mercy are not distinct, but they are intertwined. The Torah, for example, emanates from the right and the left hands of God. It is, it is the left hand of judgment in that this is the outline of what is and is not allowed. But the right hand of mercy is that you're being told. You're being given the guidance. You're being told in advance. You know, these are the things that you will be judged on. I'm letting you know. You know, so that pre, you know, the, the chapter in Leviticus we just did. It's not like they were going to get into the land and do these things and God was going to go, oh, yeah, that's not allowed. Yeah, you're dead. It was, hey, these people who are getting kicked out so you can come in, these are some of the things they do that are not okay. This is part of why they're getting kicked out. If you do these things, you'll get kicked out too. Now, go in and don't do these things. So it's the intertwining of, of mercy and judgment. Um. And a couple of things that we need to know, there's, there's different colors that are going to be coming up. Uh, just keep in your mind, red is linked to unmitigated judgment, and black is linked to tempered judgment. So as we, as we look at colors that are, that are going to be coming up here. Um, and then, well, we, we'll go through this as it comes up. Um, and I saw, so he, he, in the right hand of him who is seated on the throne, so Yeshua, is holding a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Um, one of the things uh, that they may note here is in, in the, the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, there is an association of the idea of a scroll with the themes of warning, repentance, judgment, and the temple. So at the point where John's readers get to this, we've got, we've got the one who's sitting on the throne has a seal, or has a scroll sealed with seven seals. Uh, and the question is, who is worthy to open it? So in other words, who is worthy to handle the issues of judgment that are contained in this scroll. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look in with it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Okay, so, so you don't have to be afraid 
because the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, uh, Messiah, Yeshua, has conquered, he is capable of opening these seven seals that, uh, and, and dealing with the judgment that's in, that is contained in here. And between the throne and the four living creatures... Um, oh, and in here, what, one of the notes it has for verses 2 to 4, it says, As mentioned, although the opening of the seals will release judgment, these judgments are wrapped in God's mercy and the opportunity for repentance. Um, all of which leads to the coming of his kingdom and the fulfillment of his promises to those who come to trust and obey. The one worthy to do this is the one who brought the necessary heavenly tikkun or rectification that enabled God's perfect will, which is the merging of mercy and judgment, to come into the imperfect worlds of everything below the, the eternal heavenly throne room. Um, so this is the Lamb of God, the suffering servant, the divine righteous one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. This is who we believe Yeshua to be. So John is being told, you don't have to worry about these being opened because Yeshua's already taken care of it. And, and he's already taken care of it, so he's capable of opening it, but the seals that he's opening are related to the judgment. So those who don't understand that he's taken, that, that it's okay for him to open this, are the ones who are, are going to be given these opportunities for repentance. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So in other words, he sees everything. Um, and he took, or, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. So this is, this is where he's seated there with him, and yet now he stands up and is separate, and he takes it from the Father. Um, and when he had taken the scroll, so he, he just takes the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And that is actually an ancient, uh, an ancient image in Kabbalistic writings is that the prayers of the saints are mixed with incense in the heavenly throne room. And, and that, that that is the aroma that fills the temple. That is, that, that's what fills the temple. Um, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So, so in other words, by his, by, by his shed blood, everyone, you know, he, the people for God from everywhere, all the nations, not just within Israel, everyone has been ransomed. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign in the earth. Uh, and I think it's Isaiah that actually has, uh, talks about um, prophecy in Isaiah that talks about even the Gentiles being brought in uh, and made priests. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands and th of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and that all that is in them saying, um, and I wanted to, uh, it talks here about the Kabbalistic understanding of the location of the creatures in verse 13 includes everything within creation. There's everything in the heaven, in the earth, under the earth, and upon the sea, which is the watery realm between the heavens and the earth. So this isn't, when it talks about the sea, it, it's not talking about, like, the oceans. It's not, it's not saying the fish cried out. Now, this would encompass the fish because the fish are on the earth. But the, specifically, the sea is that watery realm between the heavens and the earth. 
and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Um, now, what, what we've got here really is Passover imagery. The lamb who was slain is referring to the prophecies contained in Passover that, that Yeshua fulfilled. Um, and one of the things that they talked about in the study that I thought was really fascinating is that... Um, where is it? Oh, it talks about the Moedim, or the feasts and festivals, the holy days, are important. It's an opportunity for us to participate you know, in the union of the bride and the bridegroom while we're waiting for that, that wedding. Um, but it says, let's see, the Lamb of God is an allusion to Passover and, and his being worthy to unleash the first set of judgments. Later we have a second set of judgments associated with Rosh Hashanah or trumpets. Um, and a final set associated with bowls, which refers to Yom Kippur. So, so there's a series of, of judgments here. Uh, but when he was slain, it released the first set of judgments. This is, this is saying that Passover released that. Uh, a traditional Hebraic understanding of the spring feast associates them with the exodus from Egypt and Mount Sinai. Passover is associated with a limited defeat of the evil realm. Egypt and its spiritual forces, and victory over death, the tenth plague where the angel of death uh, passed over the, the homes of those marked by the blood of the lamb. Unleavened bread, or matzah, is linked to sanctification through the purging of sin. So uh, the set, there's a seven-week period between then and the Feast of Weeks. And that's the season called counting the Omer. So when Passover ends and you have the Feast of First Fruits and, and, then, and then Passover ends, um, or from First Fruits, you begin counting the Omer for seven weeks, for 49 days. Um, so one of the things, this is a, a Rabbi Pinchas Winston in a commentary on Torah says, Passover, specifically the Seder night, is a once-in-a-year opportunity. It is as if God on that night picks us up and places us in his hand and raises us up high so that we can see life more the way God does. In other words, the first night of Passover is a tremendous gift. It is a taste of spiritual perfection of closeness to God so intense that the evil nature is completely neutralized by awe of God. It is a night on which one can, if taken seriously, gain a taste of the final and eternal redemption when the, the evil inclination will be no more and mitzvot will be performed purely out of love for God and Torah. So this is when, when Paul is writing about what it means that he's our Passover lamb, and, and that the, the judgment of the sins has been dealt with. But that is supposed to free us to be able to live the commands without fear of retribution, without fear of getting it wrong, without fear of, of, of not doing it correctly. Uh, then by the next morning after the Seder, God gently returns us back to our former realities with the commandment to count the Omer on the following eve in order to build for ourselves what was given to us for free the night before. After 49 days of Omer counting on the 50th day and on the hol holiday of Shavuot or Pentecost itself, we are supposed to have risen back up to the level of righteousness. So, sin However, since we have earned it this time, it is a higher experience than what we underwent on Passover without making an effort. Now, a lot of people hear that and go, see, salvation by works, salvation by works. But the salvation imagery is not actually part of Passover. Salvation actually speaks of um, what he will do when he, when he returns. So we have assurance of salvation, meaning we understand when you understand what he's done and you accept that for yourself and you take that 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 you take upon yourself or for yourself what he's done for sin and that it's not a problem for you anymore um or, or as i put here as james would say faith unto works that change that is initiated by god and only calls for our response is supposed to move us to works and works merely means joining ourselves to what god is already doing you know it's not like 
I now have to go build houses to earn my salvation. No, it just means I am now called to participate and partner with God in what he's doing. Um, and they make the point, had Israel not sinned with the golden calf, Pentecost may not have been, uh, may well have been the last of the feasts, and we and the, the kingdom may have been ushered in. That was not the case, however, nor did any future generation of Israel merit the coming of Messiah and the, and the kingdom of God being established. Although there were some highlights, like the time of David, Solomon and the temple, the people continually fell away to the point of being exiled in Babylon at the time of the prophet Daniel. Um, and Daniel is really important. A lot of the prophecies in Daniel are, are pictured in Revelation. Um, Daniel's famous prophecy of the 70 weeks uh, is directly associated with the fall feasts and coming judgment. Um, and, and there was, in, in Daniel, there was, uh, you know, he was asking them, why are we still in exile after these 70 weeks? And he was told, because there's no righteousness, and, and so it's, it's been uh, multiplied out another seven times. But they went back, they were returned to the land with a seven-year gap from what Daniel was told not being uh, uh, finished. So in other words, they had, um, I think it was like 490 years going out. I'm, my notes are not clear on that. Um, but basically 69 of the 70 weeks that they were supposed to be in exile were finished and then they were returned, which leaves this extra week uh, that's become known as the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a final seven years that that um, comes up later. It's in the. It's what's prophesied of in the um, days of awe between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So as we get into here, that's a lot of this is going to be dealing with that that time, those days of awe. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, so Hebrews nine twenty eight because it, it says a verse that ties together the themes of the spring and the fall festivals is found in the book of Hebrews, and it speaks of Yeshua's work in terms of his first coming for sin as the suffering divine righteous one. Um, and, and what he dealt with was sin and the weakening of the, even, uh, the evil inclination. But his second coming for salvation, associated with judgment, final victory, the kingdom, is all the fall feasts. So we kind of, in, in the church, it's all been kind of lumped and crushed together. But if you tell a Jewish person, yes, Yeshua is our Passover lamb, that's why we have salvation, they go, Passover has nothing to do with salvation. What are you talking about? No, he's our Passover lamb. All of our sins have been atoned for. Passover has nothing to do with atonement. What are you talking about? What, uh, so in Hebrews 9.28, it says, Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. So he's come and dealt with the problem of sin so that we have assurance of salvation if we understand and accept that. But when he comes back, he will actually deal with the salvation part of it. Um, so Revelation shows the initiation of God's judgment as being associated with Passover. That's what we have here, the lamb who is worthy to open the seals. So the lamb who is worthy to approach Yom Kippur. The, worthy, the lamb who is worthy to do the fall festivals and finish what was started. Um, okay, so, and then chapter, or verse 14, and the four living creatures said, amen, or so be it, and the elders fell down and worshiped. So that's chapter five. Questions, thoughts, fears? <laughs> Wait, I was always told it meant fill in the blank. I yeah. don't have any preconceived well, this is this is where a lot of doctrines of Messiah's return will start with, and now it's about to get scary. You know, he's opening those seals of judgment. But the reality is, he's been found worthy to deal with the judgment. He's been found worthy to handle it. It's not like Pandora's box, where he's going to approach it. You know cautiously and peek it open and every, all the evils are going to come out and take you down, you know. It's, it's no, he's been found worthy to deal with this. It can begin. And this is where the issue of 
you know, have some of these things already happened? And, and a lot of people believe that a lot of them have um, at different particular times in history. I'm of the belief, and, and we've seen this over and over as we've gone through prophecy, that there's something for that day and there's something for the end of days. So just because something, just because I can look and go, wait, that played out at this point in history doesn't mean there isn't still more of that to come. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I learn about God's calendar, the more I would be inclined to say, and probably on the same day of the Hebrew calendar is whenever that first thing happened. Right. Unfortunately, most of our history is recorded on our calendar that <laughs> does not quite line up. So, um, you know, that's why it's, it's, you know, yeah, the temple has been destroyed multiple times, always on the same day in the Hebrew calendar. Same day that, that uh, Hitler announced his plan to kill all the Jews. Same day of the Hebrew calendar. Really? Ninth of Av, not a very happy day. No. Um, that's why it's considered a, a day of fasting for the, for the nation of Israel, because that's a day that Satan does big things towards bringing it down. So, kind of like Zoe's week. <laughs> yes, and predictable if you're on the right calendar. Right. Predictable if you know what you're looking for. On the calendar that we use in our day-to-day, -day, so random. You never know when Satan's going to do something. It's just going to strike out of the blue. Well, actually, the big things that he does towards the end of his ultimate purpose happen on the same day. So... No, I just, I didn't know what happened. Well, the, well, I know in the Leviticus, the, what was that? With men not lying with other men and stuff like uh -huh. that. I know we had a discussion about that before, because it seems like, uh, when I was talking to my brother, it seems like a lot of churches and different things like these, like that, some other places, the kind of just, oh, like condemn. Oh, people, yeah. Kind of just, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. Bring them down and stuff, and he was saying how, like, um, he's not saying there's an excuse for their actions and stuff because it's like people judge people of like homosexuality, like, right. really harsh. And some, like, some of them are like, Well, I was born this way, and people are like, You can't be born that way. And then some people are like, Well, it's my choice, I don't care what you say. And right, you, know, you have like those two different, and I think and, that I think that that's where a lot of times the church spends a lot of energy arguing the wrong issue. And yeah, and then, you know? yeah, and then they're upset because they're just like, well, well wrong is wrong whether you think you're born that way or not because it says da, 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 da. Right. you read it for yourself, you're like, uh, no. You know, because right. I'm and after the science, because I'm like, let me see what it really says. Because right. I'm so upset, like, because even with Sodom and Gomorrah, he destroyed it because they were so gay. I'm like, what? Yeah, so and like, no, I'm not. Like, I still want to read it. And when I read it, I was like, I said, well, no. I was like, I'm confused because a lot of people want to put emphasis on that. But all he was saying was that they were wicked. They were just Right. Horrible. Well, and that's why when <laughs> he's saying, <laughs> that, that's why God says, don't do these things, they're depraved. Don't do these yeah. things, they're abominations. It's not, it's, it's not, we tend to look in our Western logic forward thinking minds, left to right, uh, very linear, do these things. And that makes you wicked, whereas the reality is it's circular and it's wicked people who do these things. Mm -hmm. And so the specific action of their wickedness is forbidden, but the bigger thing is we're not supposed to be wicked. Right. It's, you know, God, what God wants to do, he, God shows you these, this is the fruit of wickedness. Mm -hmm. Now deal with the wickedness that's in your heart. Your wickedness might not bear this fruit, but it might bear this fruit. Well, and that's what I don't like either, because then it's like they put so much on the edge. Right. Oh, the sexual sins get a lot of attention. Yeah, but if you read They're scandalous. It, a lot of the stuff that they pull out when I decide to go, like, kind of read for myself and just, like, what is this really saying? Right. Talking about, it was like, it's pretty clear that he did not mean what you are teaching. Right. Like, well, yeah, well, like, yeah, like we're reading right there. He didn't say being gay was. A sin. Yeah, it's lying know, with another man. So right. if you just have a huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy relationship, and it doesn't say that's wrong. Yeah, it's like right. if you feel that way. I mean, it's not God's design. It's not, but it's we don't not. live in a world that functions according to God's design yeah. right now. Sin, and, and, and again, like they said, outside of the land of Israel, mm -hmm. 
it's it's mm-hmm. it's not in God's territory. Yeah. You know, it and so it's one of those things where if you're do it's one of those it's one of those things where it gets really problematic when people take the position, which a lot of people do, that America is the new Israel. Whoa. That's where you end up. Yeah, there, that's there's offensive. Yes. Know, there is right? but it's a huge pride in America, don't get me wrong, but that's yeah. well yeah, like, there are entire curriculums written about the history of America from the perspective of it being the new Israel. And and there there are there are yes 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 there are entire denominations <laughs> whose teachings and under, entire understanding of scripture is based on the idea that we can claim all of the promises given to Israel because we are Israel and not from a perspective of you know the spiritual we are we are joined together with Israel it is literally you are an american therefore you are now the new israel and that's where the idea when it talks about us being a christian nation that comes out of that thinking oh wow does does it also come out of I have my mom say something about um, the 12 tribes they don't know where all 12 tribes ended up or something right. well they don't so, know where, and and it, what's and interesting they, they don't know where everyone from every every and they don't know where everyone who was scattered went but right. there are people from all 12 tribes represented in scripture after right, yeah. that. But yes, that's, that's the idea. They've been that, scattered. But is that like Mommy, part of it, Is that part of that, like trying to say that we're part of Israel? It, it, it is part of, of it. Yes. That's what Mommy, we are? Yes. Um, that, is, that is one of the things at the heart of that idea. British Israelism with the idea that it's act, that the king of the king or queen of Britain is actually the king or queen of Israel because they um, it's argued that they Joseph of Arimathea took the things from the temple that were used to, to crown the king and he took them to Britain and they were used to crown the king there. Therefore, that king is really the king of Israel. There's all these different you know, sometimes everyone my head just spins. Everyone wants to be special. Yes, everyone <laughs> wants to be special. You know, why did God just choose them? Maybe we're them, you know, and, and as opposed to what is, what is pictured here in, in, in our Revelation passage, from everywhere. God called them from everywhere. The, the thing is, God sent out so that people could be brought in. You know, he actually calls the the people from the northern kingdom who were scattered seeds sown to the nations so that when it was harvest time, they could bring in a great harvest. In other words, but they were supposed to take his word yeah. out to the nations. And that's about, well, and that's about the whole, like, that's where that bothers me because, like, my friend is like that, but I'm like, come on, go to church or come on, let's hang out or whatever. Yeah. And some people are just like, you hang out with her? I'm like, well, she don't touch me the real way. <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's yeah, not sitting on me. They're generally, like, they're generally yeah. respectful. I but mean. I'm like, she knows my stance. I know her stance, but I, re- I respect and love her. Well, and this I've is... I've never had a lesbian hit on me since high school because they know. Yeah. You know, they're like, you're not that... Okay, that's good. Well, and I think one well, of the... Like, well, that, that's also... Let's just say, like, every time you like... Even the straight. Oh, just because I'm a guy, right. she's a girl, I'm going to go hitting on her? Right. Yeah. Just well, because you're gay you're doesn't mean you're going to go hitting on every other woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, because you can't, you know, you Men just can't. Tra- women cannot be friends with each other because you just then can't they're, trust they're us. going to be overwhelmed by their desires, right? Right. <laughs> well, and this is, this is one of the things. These aren't my particular sin issues. But I have other things that God, you know, I, have, I have the log in my eye that I have to keep working on, that I'm di- trying to dismantle. Um, and if I, if I focus all of my energy on other people's specs, I can make myself look real good. I can recognize all your sins. Really, what about, what about your own? You know? And I don't understand why they feel like one sin is more, is worse. Because in my mind, I'm like, okay, so... The whole, you know, they shouldn't be having sex and stuff. I get that, but I be looking at people like you. They should leave. So does that make it right? <laughs> right. If I go next door and screw the neighbor's husband, and I'm like, everybody's like, oh, that's good because it was a guy. Like, right. You know, right. Like, well, and that's as as and that's why I said we're heteros. Just because you're or when you're not married, you're not married, and you're out there just 
everywhere. Doing your like, thing, yes. So wait, so that's okay. But then if I was doing my thing with the random women, then that's not, not okay. okay. Right. But it should not be okay regardless. And, and the reality is I am commanded to love. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even the idea of, well, hate the sinner, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. No, I'm just commanded to love. Mm-hmm. Yes, God hates sin. And yes, I hate sin. Right. But I don't need to hate your sin. I've got enough of my own sin to hate. Right. And, and so the idea of, you know, ideally, we would all be so focused on getting rid of our own sin mm-hmm. that people would be able to see our testimony by our lives. Right. We wouldn't have to go tell them, you know, one of the things I was thinking of the other day, and I, I, and, and I get that some people, that's how they feel led to share their faith, and, and I'm, I'm really not knocking it. I, I know sometimes it, it can sound like I am because it's not my particular style, but I, I'm really not knocking it. Right. But I, I think that the most effective testimony is the one that's requested. Yeah. If someone asks you, I see that there's something different about you, or you don't do these things that other people do. What is it? What what what's different? And you're given that you have you have earned a place of them seeking out your input. Right. It's a lot more powerful, and and that's what I've I've had over the years with uh, friends of mine who are gay. It gets to a point where they say, "Wait, I thought you were a Christian," okay. and I say, "I am." Well, don't you hate gay people? No. Then I'm to hate myself. Why, why, why would I hate gay people? They said, well, doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that, that it's a sin to be gay? And I, I could say, no, it says that, I do believe it says that, you know, homosexual sex is a sin, but you're not doing that in front of me, and that's really between you and God, just like all of my sin is between me and God. And... I don't understand your question, you know, and, and I, I've had people tell me, well, you're the first Christian who's been willing to not be nasty, not be, yeah, not even just be around us, but literally who hasn't attacked us. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, I'm sorry. But that's, I'm I sorry mean, they did that. That I was wrong like, of them. That was their sin coming it's, out. It's who are yeah. we to yeah. judge too, because like, I know, I don't know. Some people argue, you can't be born gay like that. Right. But in my mind, I go, ah. I've seen some little boys. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I've seen some young boys where I've been like, I, I, I have because seen... I, that's very flamboyant. Yeah, and working in the school district, like, even school age, I've seen some very, like... Well, this is this is where like, I... You know, and, and, and I don't know, and I guess for me, I'm thinking, and they say, well, why would God do that to us? Why would he have us born that way? And I said, well, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's God. I feel like it's our... It's our world. I feel like the reason why our children are born, maybe with something going on that tells them, that's signaling in their brain, I should be attracted to the same sex, or something signaling for autism, or signaling for Down or whatever, is our fault, because look at all the crap we put Well, and I, I on tend the to, earth. So how do you know right. something isn't fire? And even just kid, a you different know, the, way. What do we call it? The metros? That yeah. For a long time, they were just they. You have a choice to either stop acting like yourself or be gay. Well, that was the only option. Well, no, but if we go back to it, though, everybody likes to put God in the middle of it, though, right? Yeah. I like I like how when I was listening to a sports thing, and they were comparing it with football. So when the guy makes a great touchdown, he goes, oh praise Jesus, thank God. So God lets you score the touchdown, right? So, when you lose. so then that meant God made the other team lose by seven points. Right. Uh-huh. God can't do both. God can't make you win and he then can, make you lose. He can, but I don't think he's as I don't think he's as inclined to yeah, involve right. himself in football right. as. But, 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 <laughs> but I mean, but that was just the point. It was the point is Why God isn't in every single thing ever in your well, life. Well, and I would say, and yes, and I would say that the point of what God God's commands are calling us to do is to put Him. In God can every in everything without yeah. directing everything. Right, but what yeah, I, but they make it to where like right. this like happened right. because it was God's divine right. choice that, to make it. But that's what. But that's what I mean. But I I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And and I think that that is where God's saying, you are making all of these choices. Put me in them. 
put me right. in them. And and that's not necessarily going to change what he does because he does the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but it changes what we do. Yeah. And and I think that that's where the difference between uh, someone on, on GCN gave a great analogy. Um, they said they because they play in, in an orchestra and they ha- they view it as God orchestrates life. He's given us the sheet music. He's given us our individual instruments that he would like us to play. It's our job to practice. It's our job to learn the notes of the music. Keep our eyes on the conductor. Keep our eyes on the conductor. Exactly. Our focus on the instrument, our eyes on the conductor. And when he, when he directs the orchestra and, and he orchestrates it to be what he's put out, that does not mean that some of us are out of tune, or that doesn't mean that some of us can't be playing the wrong song, or that right. doesn't mean you know that we're not producing yeah. this disharmony. It's not the fault of the music. It's not the fault of the conductor. No, it's, it's not even the fault of the instrument. It's all user error. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like like I was saying earlier, just because you're born heterosexual doesn't mean you have a free for all. No, that's there are restrictions on you. Okay, mm-hmm. you you know what you may be born. I don't think you're born gay because gay is a sexualization. Well, but you may be born with an inclination that's what I was, yeah. or or an attraction to that is opposite. greater. But I think that I think that what we do in our culture is when we see that we sexualize them that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gay. We put that label on them or we identify them that way. I've met a lot of effeminate men who are very straight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and then there are people who go, well, they just haven't admitted it yet. But no, I've, I've yeah, met. Yeah. Well, there's so many that they had to come out with the term metrosexual. Right. I know. Like they, they had to put right. a term on it. I was just going to say you have that. To change. Exactly. Say, and in that case, that's what they say. Yeah, metro. And it's like, why does that's everything where it came have to from. be labeled? Right. Well, because because we are humans. You got to know where to categorize. Box. Yep. Got to know where to categorize. I need to know how to respond. I need to like the woman who came to your door. I need to know how to respond to you. You're what? I don't know that denomination. I don't know how to answer you. I'm going to back away slowly and not make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's just like, oh. So the question becomes, well, isn't that what it says? God says don't do this. We can say you're doing that. Therefore, I get to treat you this way. No. Right. No. And then who are you, the judge, to do it anyway? Exactly. Because our hand of judgment is not entwined with mercy. Our hand of judgment is just judgment, and it's wrong, and that's why it's not our place. Right, and this makes me upset because they judge and they say this can't be, this can't, that can't be, it. and then again it kills me when. The, only, the only thing you should be able to judge is the law, like right. you know, you broke my window. Right. That, that's against the law that you don't fix. You know. Right. Get a, well, and whatever. I can. The thing is, I can look and I can say that thing that person is doing is a violation of scripture, but I am not the lamb who was found worthy to open those seven seals. That's it. I can identify anything beyond that is is actually um, when it says all sin is as the sin of idolatry and uh, you know not all I, all sin is as the sin of witchcraft. At the point where I say I can identify that that is sin, therefore I'm able to sit in judgment. I have declared myself the one worthy to open those seven seals, and I assure you, I am not. Yeah, because that, that, that's just because people are just like, well, how are you born and being attracted? And I'm like. Some they could be attracted. Know. We don't know because right. in my mind, I'm like I hate when they when they do that. Even with cancer and, and other things. Oh, why would God do this? What do you mean? Why we? But that's what I mean. You looked at the, the labels, right? What they do but that's what I mean. They want to put God on everything. Like this child yeah. was born with cancer. Really? God oh, just said like, you're getting cancer right. because you know. Yeah. I don't think so. Like he just practically like enjoys himself up there going around going cancer. Okay. Right. You're lightning bolt. <laughs> oh wait, I'll give you polio. I'll be different. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or what some people think, well, 5,000 people prayed for that person, so I'll go ahead and heal them. Yeah. But not enough people prayed for but them. Only two people so prayed for you, so you're all Yeah. And and yeah, Why God do does God that? doesn't work. But because that's because so people weird. don't understand God and that scares them. If we could, if we could identify we how could he's going to work, we would know. If we could put because him in a box like all those other people, because if everything exactly. was truly about God, it'd be you know some sort of poof, just the well, hell was sin. My it's thought gone, is, okay? my there thought is, no if it were all, if <laughs> if we like made it all about God, nobody would play football. But, but that's just my thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my thing too is like, well, if God had it His way, and He really was poofing everything. Then why? Why, in your mind, would you think that he wants to poof everything, I guess, quote-unquote, bad or, right. or ungood? Well, but some people think that's so that he can 
build up to the things that we're about to read about because that's his big, you know, his oh. big finale, so, big so grand it's finale. Been to his finale. He's yes, enjoying he's exactly. Oh. Well, you just yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and that's what kills me. And in my mind, I go. But why are you judging them? Because you have no idea what this child was doing. Because they don't understand mercy. You have no idea what the child... Even, like I said, my little autistic little boy, you know, like he told me, all the girls in the classroom is his girlfriend. And in my mind, I go, oh no. You know, like, like, dude, you're autistic. Let's just focus on studying. (laughs) Right. You know, but in his little, in his brain, he's attracted to all the little girls in his classroom. They're all his girlfriends. Or it could just be they're they're girls and they're they're his his friends. friends. So they're girlfriends. Right. And like, oh, no, no, but... No, I know. Them. It's hilarious. But, oh, yeah. but, and, but, but he probably but, has an adult at home who's telling him that. that right, I was going to say, me, Lexi thinks all the kids in her class are her friends because the teacher goes around saying, okay, now all our little friends are going to do this and all right. our little friends are going to do that. Right. And there she calls them all friends. So then that, all and friends. I said a little boy told me, oh, he liked one of the little boys and that's his boyfriend. And everybody's like, oh my God. Right. But when I say, oh, he likes a girl, that's his girlfriend. Oh, ha, ha, ha. That's like, so cute. Right. So his brain can work that way, but it can't work the other way because they're right. totally. Mm-hmm. Well, well, why would God do that? Well, why would God make him autistic in the first place? And that is where, what is his understanding? Because like I was saying earlier, there's the issue of, there's the issue of attraction and then there's the issue of sexualization. Mm-hmm. And and our country, our culture, and our country are very big on sexualizing children very young, and add that to that we must put a label on everybody, and um, it bad. becomes unsafe to question. You know, we we watch we were watching a show where one of the uh, and it's about people in dance, and one of the young men was questioning his sexuality, and I loved that in in the show, and it's, it's not a Christian show at all. It's it's a it's just a regular secular show. Um, he was given the room to question that without the people around him labeling him or shunning him or, or, or mm-hmm. doing anything. And one of the problems is we've made it unsafe to have those natural questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either because they're in a home or a church environment where having that identity question is, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, if you want to drive something deeper Attack it. Well, but that's the thing. You know, questions, if you want to... Questions you, are wrong. Even questioning God is like, whoa. Right. You need to question God. But and it's so like, but, you, and a lot of times when I've read the Bible for myself, he's yeah. like, test me on this. Go ahead yeah. and, and prove and do right. and this and that. And I'm like, so oh, why But thou I? shalt not test God. Don't you know that's in the Bible? <laughs> well, there, <laughs> and there's a difference between I? testing God and taking him at his word and yeah, waiting whole, to see if it actually yeah, holds like, up. Yeah, like, well, right. See if... And people are just like, oh, you can't question. You can't Actually, let me go ahead and close out the recording because I need to run to the to restroom. Too. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let me go ahead and close out the recording. We can keep talking, but I have to run to the restroom. So um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and look you full in his face. In the face. And when you look full in his face and you see your sin reflected back, may you know that he has already taken care of you. Amen.